up. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hello and welcome to Inconceivable. I'm William. I'm Alex. I'm Kyle. And we are inconceivable because I'm going to be talking about cons that you, we went to. You know, this when past you weekend. explain it, it's, it's even less funny. So, Harry, <laughs> <laughs> you've been flipped. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this past weekend, which is one of the reasons why we didn't have an episode. Um, we were at PAX East. In fact, all of us were at PAX East. More or less. Yeah. yeah. All of us that mattered. Yeah. <laughs> you mean, wait, what? <laughs> so you guys were at PAX the longest. I was there for a day. You you were there for a couple of days, right? I was there Thursday and Friday. Okay. You were there Saturday. I was there Saturday. You were there for the entire weekend. I was there. Well, no, I was there Friday, you weren't there Saturday, Thursday, yeah. Sunday. So what would have been the full weekend, except that PAX East this year decided that they wanted to add an extra fourth day, making it Thursday a, con, a full con day. So a four-day con, essentially, yeah. There's not many of those Literally. in the Northeast, is there? There's that and Port Con, only the ones I can think of. Port Con port is a four-day four con? I thought it was a very small con. Oh, uh, it's small compared to most cons, but I personally enjoy it. Hmm. Shout out to the Port Con, man. Well, you, you've had panels there in the past too, haven't Correct. you? Correct. That's where I debuted my panels. That's why it has a special place in my heart. Hmm. It's actually where I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna go there this year. Oh yeah, get off it. Yeah, so get off it, dude. You can go there on Saturday. But that's that's yeah, that's cool. But hey, let's go on to Will's topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Pax, <laughs> I have been trying to go to Paxies for five years, and this year I finally did. Why has it taken me five years? You because may you ask. Because I suck at it. Because <laughs> I suck at it. <laughs> but, Same. <laughs> but tickets are famous for being so hard to get for PAX East. In fact, like, one of the most like, scalped tickets for convention-related tickets. Famous or infamous? Yeah, infamous, scalped? really. Scalping, yeah. Yes, yes, when you so buy to scalp. sell. Scalp. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> no, they physically scalp the people who you buy tickets. <laughs> Give me your ticket! <laughs> no, it's scalping is notorious when people buy tickets for the purpose of reselling them for a higher value. I'm learning yeah. so many new phrases. <laughs> A.K.A. Jerk is jerk faces. Yeah. To put it lightly. Yeah. But yeah, so this year I was actually on top of it. I've been going to so many conventions, it's like, no, I'm making Paxis happen. I'm going to this con. I had so many friends in that circle of con like they've had it way figured out. They've been going to Paxis for past years. I'm like, Will, I got you. I'm gonna make sure you get tickets. I had like three friends all tell me that's like awesome. There's no way I'm not going to Paxis this year. Totally, I actually got tickets to Friday and Saturday. I ended up getting a Sunday ticket later because even though I was right on top of it, Saturday, Sunday, I'm not even sure if those days sold out. Thursday definitely did not. Sunday was like low, according yeah. to the website. Yeah. So the one year I was really on surprised. top of it, they didn't 100% sell out. Like you could still, like, 
on top of buying some from like people in the community, just selling their tickets out and scalping. They're just like, hey, I didn't end up going, or I bought too many, you know. So scal scalping, going back to that, is, is that basically like people buying a bunch of tickets and then trying to sell them for yeah, a bigger price? Typically, they ty had, yeah, there's people like that oh, outside yeah. of the con on Saturday. Oh yeah, they're also oh, notorious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were very, um, which is hilarious because yeah, they weren't comfortable. They weren't nearly as hard to get this year, and I think that's due to the fact that it was changed to a four-day con, mm -hmm. so it's a little bit more. A little bit more time to spread apart all these people and it'll be interesting because i would imagine that we eventually see that continue to build up to eventually all four days are just as packed as any other day but until then um you said thursday was pretty great for doing stuff because it wasn't that busy so. yeah so uh, thursday for me is definitely what i recommend if you can get the day off from work to go to pax for like people going to pax for the first time with the intent of experiencing the booths getting shopping done and just seeing what the atmosphere is like obviously if you're going to see a specific panel you're going to have to go on the day the panel is on uh that being said um definitely recommend going thursday because um well as you know thursday isn't the most commonly used con day mm. um when i went it was still crowded but not to the point where it was like uncomfortable i didn't feel like a sardine um, I was in full cosplay. I was in my Monster Hunter cosplay, giant, giant katana, a skirt essentially, and even then I felt super comfortable. It wasn't super crowded. Crowd management was fine, um, and all the merchandise was fresh, obviously, because it's Thursday, the first day of the con. So I had basically first dibs on like whatever merchandise I wanted. Um, that being said, I did. Oh, a specific figure of my best girl got sold out within like the hour of it opening <laughs> so i was kind of kicking myself but then i realized oh i just saved myself like a hundred bucks so like you know it's not a huge loss yeah mm. but yeah the best girl yeah it was how, best girl. how long were like lines typically like waiting yeah to, so like, play games and stuff okay so playing games like it's less than an hour that's awesome. which is actually pretty good considering the size and scope of pax east mm. um that being said i i didn't I'm not a guy who lines up for play video games at PAX East unless it's like like a very specific thing I'm looking out for. Um, for example, the shirt I'm wearing is the I Beat Byakyo uh, Battle Challenge shirt that was in the Squeenix or sorry Square Enix booth for what? the. <laughs> it's the short hinter for Square okay, Enix. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and uh, I that's primarily like the number one reason why I go to PAX is to attend this uh, Battle Challenge every year. And um, that's the only really real line I wait in line for. Everything else is just gravy. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a huge line guy. Mm. It's why I staff con so I can skip the lines. But yeah, that's uh, the I did it with my friends. We we got it. Got the swanky shirt, and yeah, I'm happy. Everything else was just shopping and me wasting a poop ton of money. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, if you like buying stuff, or if you like free stuff. This is the con to go to because there is both lots of free stuff and lots of stuff to buy. Yeah, but definitely don't go to PAX with the intent to save money. That's you know, <laughs> I don't think you should go to any con with the intent to save money. Fair, yeah, but especially PAX, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, because, like, PAX, the amount of... Because I mean, cause like, I, I know it's a little bit more standard for video game conventions to do this because they're usually a bit more high caliber with the companies that are involved compared to, like, comic cons and anime cons. It's definitely more mainstream. Yeah. Pun entirely into And, like, more reliant on... Com like, more reliant... <laughs> more reliant on, like, companies, like, support, you know, and... and sponsorships. Yeah. yeah. And... 
holy crap, like, the amount of money that is dumped into this convention is insane. It's, it's, it's inconceivable. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And roll credits. <laughs> um, yeah, like, everybody talks about just, like, the first time going down the escalators and just, like, going... <laughs> For those who don't know the layout of this Boston Convention Center, you've got your big entrance and the expo hall. Like, this whole... Um, convention center is three stories tall and you enter in on the second level in the main entrance and you can't really see the expo hall from the from the main entrance it's basically until you like take in the, the middle of the of the center yeah and or then you, go, the you take this escalator center. down to the expo hall and you just see the expanse of it all and it's just it's enormous. a better view from the sky bridges personally True, yeah, yeah but that's like yeah. it doesn't have the same unveil. Yeah, like, well, uh, with the sky bridge, you have to look either left or right. When you're coming from the escalator, you're seeing all of it right in front yeah. of you. Yeah. And that's usually the first time you're seeing the expo hall. So, well, the thing is that I had gone to that that expo hall um, for Boston Comic Con. Mm -hmm. The thing is, and you know this very well, is that they only used half of that space. Half of it, very different. Half of it was for pre-registration tickets, so there was like a huge empty, like basically yeah. empty room. And the other half, they crammed all of like everything, like the exhibits, uh, artist alley, um, dealers room. It was celebrity, all celebrity, yeah. even their main yeah, their main um, stage, main stage, which they was basically a quarter, uh, a curtained off quarter of the thing, which was. Really bizarre. I won't get that into Boston Comic Con, but, but that was that was really tight. I mean, this one this one had a lot of people, but there were still sections where you were able to stop and breathe. Yeah, like, there's like there's corners. Yeah, and, and only that, but like their crowd control was amazing. So like on they the actually Expo, had crowd. Control. I know, right? <laughs> like I'm not used so to that. At they cars. actually had a crap ton of staff. Um, they call them enforcers there. Um, sounds were they checking to see if people had badges because? Some people were able to get in without having a badge. Yes and no. Okay. I, really, I feel like that's a topic that shouldn't really be discussed. <laughs> um, um, I don't want to step on any toes here. But, to, you know. to answer your question, yes, they do. They do check. Awesome. They're supposed to check badges. Yes. Okay. Yes. Some of them, because the thing is that it's it's not always consistent about who is checking your passes, whether it's the con staff or if it's the security that's doing it. So depending on who's doing it, some are more carefree than others to especially put if you're in a pretty elaborate cosplay yeah okay. so but they definitely do check your cosplay okay. so don't don't try to think about freeloading this con because you will get caught <laughs> i wasn't thinking about it I, was, I, was but yeah, I wasn't it, talking to you i was talking to other people who may be listening thinking, yeah guys mm, don't think about it, okay a free entrance you say yeah. no <laughs> but no uh that's funny how that's like boss comic con's the first your first exposure to that expo yeah life. it's you wouldn't recognize it it's completely different it is completely different no there's like there was i pointed out because my first time at that specific venue is vastly different i my remember first my time, first time at <laughs> my first time at that specific the bcc was when i was in high school and that was for a fair for colleges it was a college con so they'd be at the at the uh, place that we were uh, where well, Pax was. Where Pax was held, yeah. They for colleges. Yep. So there was just booze and booze of colleges, and boy, oh boy, if I had known, I'd be there in four years doing geek stuff. <laughs> <laughs> where, where was the where was the uh, geek booth in the line of college booths? Like, uh, yeah, nowhere. sign up for a nerd here. <laughs> nowhere. It was just all just 
They don't boring, have that in, in like in, in public. It's just boring adults, and then the really overpriced hot dog stand in the corner. But yeah, <laughs> hey, they still have that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guess what? You can be a nerd and have your overpriced hot dogs. My Congratulations. Problem was, my problem was is that I wasn't like entirely sure where what like where stuff was like food wise. So I was getting really hungry. So I stopped by the nearest place, and they were selling ten dollar turkey legs. So I bought really? one, and it was nasty. <laughs> Where, yeah, I, don't, I don't even know where he Yeah, got that. So basically right when you come in, there's a little area that you can oh, buy food. Is that I, the same place that had the Kool-Aid pickles? Probably. Um it I was, personally, it was on the right, right past the, like the like the um the ice cream small I think I, I don't know what they're about. called. And like yes, dots? if you're wondering, yes, I did not misspeak. I did say Kool-Aid pickles, which Wait, I Wait, what? Yes, they had Kool-Aid. They were selling Kool-Aid pickles? They were selling Kool-Aid pickles. Literally pickles that were bathing in Kool-Aid. They were like, yep. Are they pickles in Kool-Aid or are they cucumbers in Kool-Aid? No, they were pickles. But Hard pass from me. I'm not. I don't. I'm not okay with that. Apparently, I've been told like this is not a joke. It's a delic- delicacy in Michigan. Who cares about Michigan? <laughs> we're in Boston. Know, like, can Michigan have? Del- There's someone from Michigan who's really like there. Okay, they have delicacies in Michigan. Yeah. No, I thought someone made it up because I was like. Yeah, that sounds like like Michigan wouldn't have any delicacies. It was like, nah, I no, guess this is no. the best like, thing serious. they can do. I mean, in, in all fairness, Paxi's draws crowds from all corners of it not really the does. USA. Mm. But everyone, like, I talked to a guy in line from Great Britain. Uh, how did I know? Well, he told me. <laughs> yeah, you're was he also vegan? <laughs> yeah, he told me. Yeah, he was like, yeah, my phone doesn't work here because my SIM card's from Great Britain. I'm like, oh. cool. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. Speaking of phones, while the convention was enormous, I think we're talking upwards to 30,000 attendees, I'd imagine. It's way more than that, because MMA, MMA Boston League was to 25,000. So, so, like, maybe up to 40,000. If not double. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, but anyways... <laughs> I'd rather not think about that. Yeah. The service was actually really good. Oh, yeah. I think, there, I, think I remember there being one hour period where I was getting, like like slow-ish speeds i was like oh my like instagram photos are taking six seconds to load my phone's already slow so it didn't really (laughs) bother me anyway i'm just like um but yeah so but another reason like that's so first off you've got like a crap load of people in one small area and then you've also got all these booths that are literally streaming hd video because there's a huge focus on streaming, at least in PAX East now. I'm sure this is a thing for most video game um, conventions as Twitch is becoming more and more popular and just streaming stuff in general is becoming popular, like especially gaming. So it's like streaming and gaming have like a huge buddy system going on right now. They um, had this section where there was like a, a there was basically like a, there was a bunch of people who were, who were sitting down and watching a, like a big screen TV that was oh, yeah, inside. The PAX inside, Arena. Yeah, the PAX Arena. And I look over, I was there on Saturday, I look over and I see a soccer game going on, on the screen. I'm just like, wait, why are they, why are we watching soccer? This is boring. I look closer and they're, they're playing soccer. And yeah, like, it's video FIFA. Game or I was like, oh, okay. It's so it. funny. Most sport games don't have that big of a following except yeah, but for people FIFA. Were, they were, yeah, people were really excited about it. I'm just like, oh, guys, yeah. it's no, there, There's soccer. a whole other world of FIFA gamers out there that's taken very seriously. And like, you know what's funny is that I saw they were doing a basketball one in the morning, and I kid you not, it was the emptiest I've ever seen it while they were actually doing something there. There was literally six, I counted them, six people watching it. And just so you know how like weird this looks, 
this packs arena has about probably a like a hundred or so hundred to two hundred seats. Yeah, they've got a huge like multiple screens, but they have like one big screen with two smaller screens to the sides. Mm -hmm. They have live commentators that you can see commentating like. Um, in front of everybody and they've got like a camera crane for them so like this is a whole production setup that you that's literally just in the middle of this convention it's really wild to see and it's actually kind of cool because sometimes you just like walk by and you're like wow there's a big thing going on right there but they were playing um, like NBA whatever and there was literally like six people watching and it was like ooh Later, like four hours later, they put on FIFA and like all but like two dozen seats are taken, <laughs> and everybody's got like the um the uh, like the long like not balloons, just things that you hit to get like noisemaker things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No noisemakers. Yeah. 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 yeah, people were really into it, and they had like the um, not the fog machines, but like the thing that shoots out the smoke. You know, whenever they score a goal. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's a whole there's a thing for it. There, there really is. I think that's called the fog machine. No, because it's not like you're just spewing fog. It's like it goes up like fireworks. Yeah, style. but no, honestly, like no, Will makes a good point. Like esports um, is is like swiffering the nation. So I'm not surprised that with that huge following, even if it's just FIFA. Like you're wearing a legal register, right? And a legal register is like one of the premier like leading esports things. And esports is especially yeah. cool for a, in a, in packs. Like I think that's also really. Esports is pushing streaming as well. Oh yeah, that's another way to watch esports is yeah. streaming. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was really impressed with the whole setup that they have down there because they have so many like booths, but the, each booth has like something unique about. It. Like there's VR, yeah. there's there's like a lot of lights or like just setup, and it's really interesting for me to see because there's a lot of see. See, I'm I'm a guy who's like kind of stuck in the past when it comes to technology. So seeing all this like high like high tech high resolution stuff is absolutely insane for it's, me. I'm just like you can do that? You could spend hours just walking around and looking at the booths and just admiring the amount of production value that went into these darn things. They're really the freaking is, cool. Yeah, and I, like we should we shouldn't underplay the other stuff. Like yes, PAX is the video game convention, but like <laughs> it's not the only thing that's there. No, no, no. Um they have both PC gaming, console gaming, mm -hmm. they have booths for mobile gaming. Mobile gaming is huge nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's only just like the first half of the Expo. The other half is for live gaming, for was tabletops. Like, yeah, 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 it was like gathering. a good quarter section for tabletops. I looked down, I was like, I think it was maybe 7 in the evening on Saturday night and the tabletops were absolutely oh, full. It's always full, yeah. yeah. See, this is how you know that being a geek is becoming more mainstream because D&D &D is cool. That was literally... Yeah. Dude, D&D's always been cool. No, it's like, D&D used to be the thing that was like... But normal thing people think D&D is cool. Yeah, but D&D used to be the thing that your normal, like, geek or nerd would think would be too geeky or dirty for them. D&D is the thing you would get swirlies for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I think also, ironically, thanks to streaming, because they, like, they showed that, yeah, D&D is actually fun nerds get with the program and now it's like it's huge they had a huge like quarter of the expo hall just devoted to tables for tabletop gaming mm -hmm. and there's several booths related to tabletop games like so like for especially DD things like dice and like wormwood was there i love checking out oh, their yeah. stuff that stuff was really cool yeah um they had so, a lot of nice wood <laughs> so um just a lot of like 
yeah, like you said, it's not just like video games in the technical aspect, but also just games in general is like yeah, really no, thriving like, there. I, like, I definitely don't want it to turn people away from packs because like oh, I'm not a huge video gamer. Like, well, <laughs> that that well, there's something for you there. There's there's something for you. There. Look, yeah. I have. I've never played less video games in my life than I have right now, and I thoroughly enjoyed this convention. Like, it's a lot of fun. Also, they have really great uh, panels and events, too, that's not necessarily gaming-related. So, um, but there is plenty. I went to this awesome um, this awesome panel, more or less, uh, called um, Super Art Fight, and it's where you have two artists making a fight scene on one canvas cool and there's like a spinner on the screen where each of them gets a topic that they have to stick with for five minutes in the course of 25 minutes so it'll spin five times and they're allowed to draw over each other and stuff so like this one guy he had to do something related to like like board games so he drew himself on like as the operation guy but then the other guy turned it into like a mouse trap so then like he was looking like like he had the upper hand like oh that was really clever because he made like that move on him basically and then the winner was decided by a crowd cheering at the end and it was just and the co- they had commentators for this who were probably the best commentators I've ever seen because they made two guys like draw because like the thing is like you can only draw so fast they were fast at drawing but like they can only draw so fast yeah, and you need commentators for that dead space and yeah yeah no, I, I get and it, they yeah. were commenting every single second there was never a gap in it and like props to them man like they can come if they can commentate that like they can they can commentate commenting is definitely a special art in of itself but that's cool mm. yeah now i know better right now but i do want to know each and every one of you before we you know move on to the next topic is What's your favorite part about PAX? If you had to pick one oh, thing. Oh, man. What was it for you? Well, I'm trying to think of mine. Yeah, sure. So definitely my favorite part of PAX is being able to meet up with my raid group in real life mm. and tackle the, the boss fight here. Because PAX, like awesome. I said, PAX uh, gathers people from all corners of the world, not just the Northeast. And, like, PAX is... Mm, it's it's no secret that I'm more of an anime con fan, and I'll get into that to my next topic. But I definitely go to PAX because it's the only con that all my friends go to, and especially the ones that I would only ever see at PAX. And mm. seeing them and playing with Nexum, working together with them as a unit to beat a boss in person is a definitely different experience than doing it over online. So that was my favorite part. Nice. Um, Jeez. I just really liked... I really like the, <laughs> uh, just the, I really like the appreciation of how much effort went into making this convention happen. It's like, we were talking about this earlier today, about how they've really fine-tuned this convention, and it's clear that they've been doing this for years, because there's so many small aspects, despite how big this convention is, every single part of this convention space, although be it very huge, is used, and there's lots of little clever things, almost Easter eggs, if you will, um, in this convention that just makes it a little extra cool. And as someone who goes to a lot of convention, it's really awesome to see how much thought is put into this convention as a whole. For sure, yeah. So I really appreciated that. What you, Alex? Um, so, PAX was really overwhelming for me because I'm not really big into crowds and I don't play a lot of games. Um, 
I really enjoyed cosplaying on the front with my friends, even though I was like uncomfortable. We were, we were basically in our group, so we were walking around the the hall, and it was cool because usually like going to pack something all right everyone's mostly like a gamer or, or something but there was a lot of people who were actually really big fans of our cosplay so cosplaying was great and it felt like there wasn't a lot of cosplayers there but it was more appreciated i feel like if you were cosplaying oh, yeah. and also something that was really really cool and like i think it's there because there's not a lot of cosplayers was a cosplay lounge so like only cosplayers were able to go in and you could like rest your feet, put your cosplay down, get a shout get out a to drink. Riot for being the ones making yeah, that happen. That was so cool and it was so awesome just to have something like that and it felt like it felt like basically a, a shout out to cosplayers and saying like hey we appreciate and support you here take take a break because we know you need it. Mm. That's and definitely the one thing I will give to Pax because yeah. they do treat cosplayers like literal gods. Um, when I cosplay the packs, I feel very appreciated. Mm, and the fact yeah. that there's a whole entire room with so comfy couches and free food just for me, that's pretty awesome. Well, like, at, at, at anime conventions, there's, like, basically 80% of the people are cosplaying. The majority, if yeah. you know. But at, at Comic-Cons, if you're cosplaying... It's more about, it, well, like, 50-50 Well, like, if you're, if you're cosplaying at a, at a Comic-Con, I feel like people see you as a spectacle more like like mm -hmm. non-cosplayers or like people regular people who are going True. to the con they should be like oh that's interesting let's take a picture of that i think that pax was in between for me so there wasn't a lot of cosplayers but people were able to appreciate them much more than regular yeah, comic cons it's weird because even though that comic cons is about 50 50 for that i feel like cosplayers are less appreciated at comic cons than they are anime cons even though there's a mm. good percentage difference yeah um i think anime like at anime cons they they because they're cosplayers they know how the game works they know how like you know you're supposed to treat true, other cosplayers yeah, so there's mutual respect from yeah. cosplayer to cosplayer yeah, yeah. it's like a, yeah it's a, a sense of acknowledgement i guess mm. wow that's awesome because like that's literally a good segue into my topic you're oh. welcome <laughs> not cosplay specifically but um, my topic today, uh, this, is, this is Kyle, by the way, my topic <laughs> uh, for this podcast will be, um, I think of an official title, uh, because like, it's hard to make it sound good, but it's the atmosphere you feel comparing anime cons to, say, non-anime cons. And I'm going to specifically um, cite PAX East, because uh -huh. that's the biggest one that, was hap that happened recently, and one that we've all been to. Uh, and then I'll be talking specifically about Anime Boston because, again, that happened the weekend or the week before Paxi. So yeah, we had a real double header in Boston. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's been a very busy month for us, <laughs> to, to say the least. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we're fine now. Yeah, um, everything's but, fine. Yeah, cosplay is definitely one of my major points, but uh, let me just start with uh, this. So, uh, like I, I want to preface my next spiel that this is entirely opinionated and this is not to be taken for fact. This is simply Kyle Hong's opinion, and I'm going to be making a lot of like sweeping statements which are generally looked down upon for a good reason, but this is just um, observations I've noticed going to Anime Boston and PAX East for so many years. Uh, to put things in perspective, I've been to Anime Boston ever since my senior year of high school, and I graduated high school around 2010, so it's, I've been going to Anime Boston for quite a while, PAX East for about five or six years. Um, so I've, I've had good, ex 
experience and exposure to both. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my many times in both of these cons, which they happen in the same month, so it's easy to compare the two, um, I can safely say that I'm, I'm more of an anime con fan. And that's me being entirely biased because of these reasons. The first major point I want to get into is that I find that anime cons, uh, which you touched upon this uh, briefly, Alex, are a lot more accepting and welcoming. Hmm. Um, They're very much um, not inclusive, I think is the right word. They're not like, oh, uh, let's put an example. When when I'm at Anime Boston and uh, we're lining up to get our badges or whatever... Um, I hear some people talking, and they were like, blah, 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 Yu-Gi-Oh. And mm. I'm like, yo, you like Yu-Gi-Oh? And they're like, you like Yu-Gi-Oh? And they instantly welcome me into their conversation mm. because just our mutual or our mutual like for this one, uh, I'm not going to say obscure, but just this one anime thing. Right. Where, conversely, if I'm at, say, a Starbucks waiting in line, and I'm talking to my friends about Yu-Gi-Oh. That's less likely to happen. That's it's very much like this is an A B conversation. See your way out of it, type of thing. But I find the Anime Boston uh, again. That's just a, an example I use. But they're a lot more welcoming to the to the the subject matter. Mm. They're a lot more um, like you like this thing. I like this thing. Let's get more people to talk about this thing. Like you actually like this thing. That's super weird. Now conversely. I find that at PAX, it's a lot more, and I'm not going to say, it's, it's it's no good way to say it, but it's a lot more elitist. Um, yeah, no, um, I know I know where you're going with, and it's like, I know why you're trying to avoid it, because it seems kind of harsh, but it's, it's like It's super this, harsh. And again, it's, also... it's, a, it's a blanket statement, and I know I'm wrong, I'm just, <laughs> like, but it's just something I've found. It definitely goes up to elitist. That's, that's, yeah. how, like, that's how you feel about it. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's again, entirely my opinion, I'm probably wrong, but this is how I feel. I, I definitely, yeah. it's like, it's a... To kind of harness on that, I definitely feel like it goes up to elitist. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't feel like everyone's elitist, no. but but yes, there is a least a portion of people that are elitist. Yeah. You know? Again, to quote an example, um, I do a lot of my panels about Ruby or just talking about anime in general, and it's one of those things where when you find something at least the anime cons, when you find something and you have like a discussion about it. Mm. We want, we're very much trying to learn more about that topic. It's it's just, it's like just understood that like, if we like the similar things, that we just move on from that. Yeah. You like it. Mm-hmm. You like it? I like it. Cool. Let's talk about the thing. At PAX East, um, I, I'm not going to name names or name specific specifics, but I'm just going to say that I find myself trying to prove my nerd cred mm. more at PAX East, even when I'm like clearly cosplaying from the subject matter mm-hmm. um yeah like even waiting in line and in, in full cosplay of this genre or of, of this game people ask me like, oh you know they're like, almost quizzing me you know what i mean i'm like like okay sure i can answer these but like d- was this really necessary mm. and like why, why can't we just go beyond the quizzing and just talk about the thing we we're going to talk about like we could have just saved five right minutes. yeah what's the fun in that it, like it, again I'm, it's hard to talk about be vague about it but I very much find that the atmosphere PAX East is not as inclusive as Amy Boss. It's a lot more of a me versus you mm. as opposed to us 
and let's have this discussion at PAX or at at, at, at the subject matter. I, the, 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 sorry. No, no, no. Like that's a that's a really fair thing to say. I feel like maybe people are trying to feel validated in a way. I feel like there's maybe a little bit more competitive atmosphere. And I think that the difference between anime and gaming is that there is a competitive side to gaming. Where oh, there absolutely. Really isn't absolutely. as much of a competitive side to anime. Um, uh, actually, uh, have you have you seen Waifu Wars? <laughs> One thing that I rest my case. <laughs> well, you, you go back to um, going back to you talking about how they will like basically quiz you on your character basically. Um, I've noticed that I feel like that's not just something that happens at PAX. Like, I haven't really noticed. I've, I've kind of seen it at mo- a lot of cons, because people will come up to me and they'll, like, I'm cosplaying, but I'm not that character. They'll treat me like I am that character, which is great, but then they'll maybe talk to me as if I'm supposed to be that character. Be like, mm-hmm. if I'm cosplaying Ida from My Hero Academia, they'll be like, why aren't you in class? And, you know, like, why aren't you, like, taking care of all your students or whatever and I'm just like I don't know what to do now I'm just gonna swipe my hand and be like I don't care I, I mean uh, that just leads into the play part of the cosplay yeah. where they people people like to be in character at least I feel like but it's oftentimes not mm-hmm. and um, I think it's you know, this gets into the, um, the, the, the the history of the word of cosplay but like Nowadays, when, when people say cosplay, they really mean you are dressing up as a character in a costume. Cosplay, in back in the day, means like costume and play. You act like that character. Yeah. Um, but that's just the whole down the can of worms, maybe perhaps a different hmm. um, podcast. But we have to go back to just comparing the two. Um, the Again, that's um, the biggest... Uh, go back to my point is uh, Emmy Boston's more inclusive... PAX East is a lot more elitist about mm. that. Yeah. Do you um, think I? Th- I think that has like. Feel free to put your opinion, of course. Yes. Yeah. But I feel like that has more to do with the communities. So I feel like the anime community. Absolutely. Rather, like I feel like Anime Boston and PAX East is a great example of each community, but I don't think that it's either convention's fault. It's more of just like, yeah, these are the. These are the people that we're displaying, and this is. Oh no no! Here. I yeah. don't get don't misunderstand. I yeah I'm no. Not, I was more of saying I understood. I yeah. just want to make that clear for everybody. In yeah, for the viewers, I'm not saying like the cons are the fault. It's just the communities they mm-hmm. get the anime fans and video game fans. And having these conventions back to back really like brought that together to make yeah. it really. But that being said, well, like like the video gaming and anime communities, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we all went there to yeah. both. <laughs> so well, it doesn't I, have to be mutually exclusive. I don't think that it's it's just like the communities. I think it's also the subject that you are talking about. Like I'm, I'm a really big fan of Star Wars. So if I hear somebody else say that they're a big fan of Star Star Wars, I'll just be like, Are you though? Are you really? Because like the people might be like, Oh, I, I really love the movies. I'll be like, Sure, okay. So you're a fan. But um, with like a TV show, say I'll like. I won't care if they know more than me or less than me. We'll just talk about it. So I well, guess that's it depends on what the fandom is. Right, because like you're really passionate about Star Wars. Yeah. Same thing can be said about you know even anime. Like there are many times where I like I do Ruby panels, but people often come up to me and quiz me about Ruby, mm-hmm. uh, and I fail because I am a really bad fan. But like <laughs> that's why that's why blanket statements are wrong. But I, I'm saying like this is how I feel about those communities of what I've experienced thus far. That anime anime cons typically are more inclusive to the to film. Like, they're very much uh, 
come join me community mm. yeah. where Pax East was like, you can join if you answer this riddle. Yeah. <laughs> answer these questions three. <laughs> exactly. Very much a throwback to that. Thanks, Gollum. I yeah. appreciate it. Gollum. It's actually more well, of Well, it's also yeah, it's of The Hobbit. Yeah. <clears throat> I think you were oh, making a well, Monty Python reference. you are, but yeah. Gollum was also doing uh, uh, riddles and stuff. Okay. It's, not, it's not important. <laughs> it's not important, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, okay, so that's point number one. Major point number two uh, actually, actually has to do with the cosplay. And this one I'm actually going to give to Pax. And this, again, because of the community there. Um, being like that cosplay lounge, being a cosplayer at PAX makes me feel like a god. <laughs> like it really does. Because um, cosplaying at PAX, you are definitely in the minority. There's no way to slice that. Oh, uh, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and being in the minority there, you, you like when you see another cosplayer, you instantly have a connection with them because like, wow, yeah. we are in a sea of normies right now. Let's <laughs> let's hang. It's like like you like Will. You were in Osman. I was in my Chocobo. Two series that will ever, never, ever intersect and never, ever overlap. There's no connection between the two. But some guy was like, hey, can I get a picture of both of you? I'm just like, weird, but sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, cool. that, that happened yeah. to me, too. Yeah. And also, like, when we were driving uh, into Boston and we were getting in line, so many people who aren't in cosplay, and I was I was just coming back from Anime Boston where everybody's in cosplay. Yeah, right. yeah. So going from Anime Boston to PAX, I'm just like, look at all these, like, regular people. And then I'll be like, is there a cosplayer? There's one, and there's one, and there's one. And I was just... Yeah, like like you said, like I was getting excited to see other cosplayers. I'm just like, it's my, it's my boys. And, and pro tip: if you're a cosplayer going to PAX and you want photos of of and with other cosplayers, go to the cosplay lounge because they will all congregate there. And if you <laughs> want like one way or another, yeah, if you want exclusive like private pictures of other cosplayers, like really good cosplayers, they will be there. Yeah, yeah. you can't go in the lounge though because you're not a cosplayer, but you can be... But, but if you're a fellow cosplayer, yes. That's true. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's true. true. I, that's how I got all my cosplay photos was just them casually fixing their stuff. Was, like, hey, when you're done, can I get a yeah. selfie with you? Yeah, and that was yeah. cool too because you got to chat with them. I was like, so how's your convention going, you know? Oh, yeah, no, like when you saw me chatting with... The person I was talking to is actually Skara. He's very, he's very huge in the League of Legends scene. And uh, it took all, all my willpower to not fangirl all, all over him. So, yeah, uh, if you're a cosplayer as well and you want to see very famous rioters or League of Legends people, go to the cosplay lounge. It's true. Yeah. But that's beside the point. So, uh, PAX East, you're in the minority. You're treated as a god. That being said, you are very much painting a target on your back. Mm. Uh, not necessarily in a bad way, but in a way where... If you're not a person that likes all that attention, all that quizzing, all that, that's just all this people having your eyes on you, if you're not comfortable with that, then I definitely don't recommend cosplaying at Well, PAX. then there's an also yeah. a disclaimer that I should add to this is that because we're the cosplayers are the minority, there's also a lot of people who aren't used to going to they're not as used to interacting with cosplayers as people who go to like anime cons they at anime cons there's a much better understanding of how to treat cosplayers and whatnot mm. whereas pax east i heard a lot more complaints about taking pictures without asking and yes doing things that yeah. that was gonna be my next point uh, with the cosplay or, or inconvenient yeah. taking pictures like yeah sniping I, I call it photo sniping but yeah yeah well i was th there was a point where i was in uh, the lobby area and i was literally on the ground like oh my cause like my cause my uh some of my cosplay was on the floor and i was just like going through my bag or something and then somebody comes up and is like hey can i get a picture of you guys and we're clearly like not ready for anything like that but we still you know, we still did it but it's just it's 
it, there is like a certain decorum that you have to have when you're talking to a cosplayer or asking when to get their picture. Like if they look really busy. Or yes. No. That's that. I, again, that's bringing to my anime Boston point. But like, yeah, I agree with you guys that the cosplay etiquette between um, cosplayer and non-cosplayer is definitely not as defined at anime cons. Apparently, because of that minority aspect. Yeah. Hold it right there. I actually have to change batteries because I thought I had a full battery charged. Yikes. So. This for the video? Right. Yeah. Uh, yikes. We never post the videos anyway. I'm getting there. You get there. Trust me. I had to put there. Barry on his side real quick. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. Barry looks like a bow tie. <laughs> you know who wears bow ties? Count Olaf. He does? I don't know. I'm just. Um, he could. I think he does. Pro one time. Yeah. In one of his myriad of disguises, I'm probably. He pretty sure he did. He's very good at this disguise. Yeah. Okay. Gucci. Yep. Cool. All right. But yeah. Um. So going back to my Boston in terms of cosplay, you're right. There is a very strict and very much understood ground rules in terms of cosplay and cosplay non-cosplay. Cosplay is not consent. Yeah. That has been a huge movement the past couple of years. Just, just in general, like things that you think would be common sense, like hey asking for a photo of someone really requires their permission. Yeah. Not so mm -hmm. much at PAX East. PAX East, just get it when you now, get it. Yeah. Granted, does this does not mean that Anime Boston is um, immune to these things. In fact, I had a, probably one of the one of the worst recent experiences with um, a non-cosplayer at Anime Boston, which is I was just with a bunch of other friends uh, going cosplay, and this guy kind of comes up not close to us but like definitely like you could tell that he was there and he was snapping some photos of the group of us and then he was just walking by and I was like he was close enough where I, I felt like hey next time can you like I wasn't mad I was like hey next time can you like you know ask uh, if like you do that next time like trying to be as nice about it as possible and he's just like oh I was just doing some candid shots and I was like yeah it, it would still be nice if you could ask though in the future he's like then that's when he switched to like getting like all really offensive offended about it and just like oh you should be grateful that i'm taking i'm phrasing well, i mean yeah that's why i didn't want to get into specific anecdotal anecdotal stories because again blanket statements the exception does not prove the rule but i'm saying like yeah. in general i've seen yeah. that Aaron Boss has oh yeah no i definitely heard like more way more complaints about it and i feel like it should just be a disclaimer and i think that Yes, Paxis could do a better job about advertising those rules, but honestly, when it comes down to it, it you're just going to have more of those instances at a gaming convention per nature of the fact that there's less of a cosplayer scene there. Yes. Yeah, if I notice that somebody's taking a picture of me while they didn't ask and while I'm not ready, I might just either glare at them or just turn around or... Honestly, I, a lot of people have their own way of... A lot of people have different ways of dealing with that. And, uh, like, the general... The general... Like, just to put an end to this discussion, like, ask permission. Yeah. Like, be safe. It's not that hard. Because guess yeah, what? Yeah. Like, like, 99% of the time, we're going to say yes and we're more than happy to because yeah. we want to give you a pose. We want to make sure that everything is correct so you get the best photo possible. But then... There's also the times that, hey, we're in a rush, we're on our way to something, or, hey, something from my cosplay is broken, I'd rather you not 
capture that. Yeah, no, there's a whole um, myriad reasons to say what your reasoning is, but like just ask permission. Yeah. When it comes down to it, there is something I want to point out though. Like for for me personally, I feel like if somebody's taking a picture of me and I've already like given them permission, and then other people come up while they're taking pictures to take pictures too, I feel like that's okay for me personally. Yes, yes. Like if, if there's like there's one person and it's like okay, I'm already posing, and more people come up and start taking pictures too. That's fine. Yeah, mm -hmm. not for sure. But yeah, um, the, the my second major point to reiterate is yeah, the cosplay scene is a lot more uh, friendly and welcoming. Again, another point of common interest at Amy Boston is that eighty percent of people are cosplaying. You can you instantly have a community that will welcome you. Mm -hmm. They're they're like you will never ever like at least like you won't ever run to another cosplayer, and then when you talk about your craft, like you will see their eyes like light up mm. like both you and them just talking about because oh, yeah. we all sp spent blood sweat time and tears into our mm. cosplays <laughs> and we love talking about it and like it's such a quick and easy almost cheating conversation topic at, at anime boston or any anime cons mm -hmm. so um yeah that was my major point number two and i'm glad i'm actually glad you guys waited like i thought i would be in the minority here because no it's very much a controversial subject anything that's a blanket statement is like i feel bad talking about it but that's just like, being, how I feel being a yeah. cosplayer was definitely different for many reasons at PAX East and there was some great and there was some not so great and to be honest I feel like it's like there's the same amount of bad things as any other convention just different bad things mm -hmm. so it's like in different like, like, yeah, in different like yeah, yeah, yeah the attendees Pretty may have had a less of a understanding but the convention seemed to do more than other conventions did to help out the cosplayer. So it's like there's different upsides and there's different downsides. And when it comes down to it, you're gonna have the same amount of problems at any other con. You're just gonna have different ones. So don't be, don't be appalled when you find that. Just like know what you're getting into, and you'll be totally fine. Yeah, each community has their their bad eggs, and um, that's just the the subject. Though so this is the way it is. Yeah. Uh, but um, personally, and I'm being very biased, I love anime cons. I love feeling welcomed by them. I love feeling part of that community a mm. lot more than PAX East. Um, that being said, I do I do both enjoy cons for all their own very specific reasons. Mm -hmm. It's uh, also cool that when you go to like PAX East and you've got like the huge companies there, so like Blizzard and Riot, they love advertising cosplayers. So if you go to their booths and like... If you go to like the Overwatch booth and you've got a really awesome um, Overwatch cosplay, they'll be like, "We want to take photos of you." We, we oh yeah, like I said, the Pax, Pax treats cosplayers like a god. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I cut lines all the time at photo booths because like, "Oh, you're a cosplayer. We want you in this photo." Tweet us, yeah. <laughs> but uh, same thing with Pax. Uh, but same question, to you guys. What was your favorite anime Boston for this year? Uh, what was my favorite? story? Whatever. Oh. Uh. I need to remember Anime Boston now. It was literally only two weeks ago. I know. Feels <laughs> <laughs> like forever ago. Yeah. This past week, I can't remember stuff from this morning. Okay, uh, give me a break. Anime Boston, man. Um, I definitely had a lot of fun being present, Mike, this year. Because mm -hmm. um, this was the first year that Anime Boston really got to utilize the My Hero Academia group, um, being probably one of the last ones in the party because it was around this time last year where it started to really gain traction so Anime Boston kind of just missed the boat on the cosplayer hype train for yeah. that show so like 
holy crap, it was huge at this convention this year, and it was great yeah. to be a part of that, you yes. know? Yes, definitely the reason why I made my Deku Box cosplay, just so I can be part of the Macadamia cosplay community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had a lot of good interactions from meeting people in that cosplay and things I was doing, so that, w that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think mine is, is similar, is that there was a lot more My Hair Academia cosplayers, so I, w I also saw more uh, Ida cosplayers, like the, the hero version, which is very rare, or it was very rare for a while, because there's not a lot of people who would take undertake uh, such a big build. So I could see that, and I'd be like, it, it, it it's a up and down for me, because I want to feel special with mine, but at the same time, it's exciting because I'm seeing someone else who's doing it differently. I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's not it's not just me. There's more mm. people who want to do it and more people who appreciate the character. Oh. Um, and when I was when I cosplayed him, like, it's not a comfortable cosplay, but that that cosplay, I got so much people, so many people just, like, absolutely loved it. And also, we had basically a group cosplay going on Saturday, so I had a ton of people who were cosplaying with me from, you know, Macadamia. Um, yeah, I mean, our squad photo was, like, my highlights yeah, of my weekend. Yeah, yeah squad yeah, photos, yeah. those were some of the best ones for me, honestly, because that... That brings me back to when I started cosplaying. Like I, I did Ruby cosplay, mm. and then we got other Ruby cosplayers, and we started to do the whole squad thing. Where we would walk around as a squad. It's very difficult, like really, really difficult. But people absolutely love it, and yeah. it, it just makes you feel great. I agree. Which it harkens back to my other point, where the cosplay community is a lot more. It's mm -hmm. tight knit there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you gotta have your squad. Yeah. Definitely, I agree with you guys that just the Macadamia squad was uh, definitely a highlight. It was, it was big this year. Yeah, <laughs> oh, uh, but my, my favorite memory, or I guess I guess it's considered a memory now, it was only two weeks ago, uh, my favorite memory of AB was definitely Macadamia related. So I actually got a ticket to get um, the voice actor for Suyu uh, to sign my Deku box. Mm. Which, by the way, if I saw ever if I ever see another Deku box cosplayer, I will instantly fall in love with that guy. <laughs> like you say, like oh, I don't, I kind of want to be the only Edo. No, I want to see more Deku boxes because mm -hmm. like, oh, big fan of that meme. Anyway, met uh, see his voice actor, uh, actress. Sorry, and um, she didn't really get like she knew I was Deku, but she clearly didn't play like card games. But it's fine. Uh, I actually like m like one of my favorite things uh, with meeting voice actors is. You know, talking to them, having a conversation, quick twenty-second thing, and um, my favorite memory is like asking her, uh, "Hey, what is Suyu's uh, favorite frozen dessert?" And she actually like got into character and started answering the question, and I felt bad because it was all set up for a really bad pun. <laughs> but hey, <laughs> go on. she got into it. Go on. So she was like, "Oh, well, this is my best." Um, Suyu impression. So I was like, mm, well, since I'm a green character, my favorite frozen dessert would have to be green mochi ice cream. And I'm like, oh, that's so adorable. That, that's that's my headcanon now. But no, I, I thought it would be a frappe. And then she just... I hate you. <laughs> she dropped... Because she was this is how she was signing my Deku box. She dropped the marker and just started like barreling laughing <laughs> and that felt because like, there were other like, there were other people in the room and they also hated me at that time <laughs> but, uh, but she she loved the pun and I'm glad she loved it because uh, I, 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 I like I was like spent the last hour waiting like oh kind of what do I talk about uh, uh, let's make a joke so you had an hour <laughs> to think about this and that's what you came up with I'm proud of you hey I think it's good okay yeah a frappe come on dude um, yeah. but yeah uh, that's definitely a highlight but I'm gonna be honest with you. Again, as an anime 
con fan, my favorite memory of anything anime con related isn't actually about the con. It's about the time I spent not involved with con, specifically playing late night charades. And Sorry, you, I missed that. You guys know how I love charades. Uh, Cody actually joined us to play charades, and he can attest to how awesome it was. So, yeah, uh, a lot of stories about that, but charades and then the, my frappe pun was definitely my highlights of Anime Boston. I'll nice. have to join you guys next year. And dude, it's an, a yearly thing. Mm-hmm. Kyle Hong's charades, awesomeness. Yeah. But speaking of cosplays, like, one can consider cosplays as like almost like a disguise, and you know who else is a master of disguise? Count Olaf. <laughs> oh, hey, that's a segue. All right, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm going to be talking about a series of unfortunate events. Not specifically any spoilers, but basically the show in general, the characters, the actors. Um, Bring awareness to it because, like, I didn't know about it until a few weeks ago. And I was like, You didn't oh, know about it at all? They, know. That was the second. So, have, have neither of you read the books? I have not I read, read the books. Okay, no, just want to clarify that with the viewers. And so. I, I'm sorry to my viewers who are probably, or the viewers who are screaming in agony right now because I have not read the books. Um, I did watch the Jim Carrey movie, and he did a fantastic job. He did. His kind of off is really good. Yeah. Um, so, I. I I don't know how, how to explain it. Like I, I just want to clarify, we're talking about the t- the Netflix. We're t- talking about the Netflix original series with the uh, NPH Neil Patrick Harris as Count Olaf. Yes, and originally that was something that was kind of jarring for me because Jim Carrey does an absolutely phenomenal job, and then watching the trailer with Neil Patrick Harris, it was like he seems kind of monotone and not. It doesn't seem like he's trying to get into it very well. Watching the series though, he takes it up so many levels because he has to do a ton of character. Like he he's he's a character. But the character puts on disguises, and he has to be yeah. different characters. So many cosplays, and you know, <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. And he has like a wide range of like how he's supposed to act. Basically, it's phenomenal to watch. And um, yeah, props to Neil Patrick and uh, Neil Patrick Harris. NPH. I call her. N- I call him NPH. NPH. Yeah. Just Patrick. Mm-hmm. Let's call him Patrick. Just <laughs> <laughs> or Neil. Let's go uh, Neil Patrick. Neil, I, I like Harris. Neil because it sounds like what we know. Neil. You yeah. know, oh, good old Neil. Yeah, Neil's like he's a great actor. Yeah, he really is. Um, I have a love hate relationship with this show because it is it is so aesthetically pleasing mm. to the eye. It's very interesting to look at. Um, they are like it's it's just very very interesting. Stands out that that's it, it, it literally does. what caught my eye yeah. from stopping what I was doing is like what is this show? Yeah. And I it's very colorful and very different, and it feels like. It's just like very odd in a way. I guess <laughs> yeah. a lot of the stuff. It odd is definitely one of the many adjectives I call it. Yes. Yeah, um, I have a love hate relationship with the show because it's a series of unfortunate events. I like happy endings, and from start to finish, they they keep saying like, "Stop watching, just stop watching." But they know that I'm gonna keep watching and just be like, "It's in the theme song." Yeah, they're just like, "You are gonna be very, very sad with this show," and I'm just like, "You know what? You're right, but I can't stop watching because it's very, very interesting." Sounds like a, like I wish a show would tell me that it would be um, um, this is us. Why couldn't they say all, that in this show? All the feels in that show. Yeah. Yeah, you need to have a disclaimer. It's like, you are going to feel a lot of pain, and you're going to love it. Yeah, like, your discretion is wise. Man, they should have that in the beginning. That's, that's crazy, because, like, I, I take that as a challenge. Like, I know, oh, right? Yeah, so that's like, that's the thing. Well, now like, I have to watch yeah, it. Exactly. So the that's, fact that's, that it's daring you to... That's the thing about uh, the show, is that they're basically... 
they're saying look away like they're literally saying look away in the song and it's just like I'm not gonna. You're not my real dad. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. I'm gonna watch. Yeah, yeah. It's not a phone. Yeah. yeah. It, and um, surprisingly enough, like the the kid actor is actually really good. Yeah. And the there's a lot of comedy in the show, and it's a lot of it. It's I don't know how to explain how it's it's, it's stupid, but it's really smart. So yeah. So like, give an example. Give any, so an example will be Count Olaf will say something and abs- accidentally slip up like, oh, I'm here to take these kids' fortune and uh, and kill them. And somebody will be like, wait, what? It's like, oh, I mean, I'm here to uh, take care of these kids and their fortune and, you know, kill them with laughter or something. And it, and the people like be like, oh, okay, well, we'll, we'll buy that. And it's just like... You you explain it as meta meta humor in a way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely uh, it, got its own brand of meta sort humor. Of. Yeah, the reason why I call it meta humor is because um, in the novels, uh, Lemony Snicket would like very very often like almost step out of the book to talk to the readers themselves, mm-hmm. and they really portray that a lot in the series. Yeah. I, I feel like I think it's very self aware humor, and yeah. they, there like, are. Definitely like like wall breaking, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but no, I, I, a lot of meta humor, and it's a lot of on the nose humor, as you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, sometimes it's upfront. Sometimes it's very, very subtle. They do have a couple of fourth wall breaks. Um, they're like, I don't want to, like you've seen the show. I don't know if you're gonna watch watch it. I'll like, probably uh, continue to watch it at some point. Well, I do want to say a joke that is in the show. Mm-hmm. Am I able to say it's a spoiler? It's not really a spoiler, but like it spoils the joke. Is it funny? It's. Well, it's kind of. If fun. the only thing it spoils is the joke, then I'm fine. With yeah. Basically, it's yeah. a it's a it's a fourth wall break that Count Olaf makes when somebody asks him, "Hey, do you want to go see the movies?" And he's like, "Oh, he's in disguise." He's like, "Oh no, I don't want to go see the movies. I prefer to stay at home and be able to enjoy myself while binge watching a show." And he looks at the camera and just smiles, and I'm just like, "That's great." Yes, I love this so much. Big fan of that. Yes, mm-hmm. I love those. Uh, very very much nod to Netflix. Yeah, something that. I'm guessing that this is an ongoing theme in uh, the books and the show is that the kids are very, very smart mm. and the adults are very, very stupid. Yes. Like, absolutely so, so stupid. Yes. Except for Lemony Snicket. And then Count Lolf is stupid, but he's not as stupid as everybody he's, else. Yeah, he's also um, not clever. What's the, what's the like... What's the evil term of clever? Manipulative? Yes. But he's only manipulative because all the people are stupid. Yeah. So He's very... He's really able to, like... He's sly. Yeah, he's sly. He's conniving, I guess. In yeah. A um, he's able to manipulate people in a way that um, he can sort of make them see the way the things he wants them to see it. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a couple of parts where... The, the people who are supposed to be taking care of the kids, they should 100% not be okay with some of the stuff that he does, but then he'll say it in a certain way, and they'll be like, oh, okay, no, that's that's perfectly yeah. fine. <laughs> Just rephrase yeah. it. And then, oh, yeah, that's fine. Or they'll completely contradict themselves, and that was something that really, really bothered me, too, because, like, I don't like seeing really, really dumb characters. If I see a dumb character, <laughs> it gets me physically mad. And... <laughs> Oh, I forget his name. This but is the guy that cost me Jean Arc, by the way. Oh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so you, you, you pro- 
So question, do you hate horror movies more because of the scary bits or because of how stupid all the people are? I actually them? don't know because I hate <laughs> scary stuff. But there's one character in this one, uh, in this show, Arthur Poe. He is a banker and he's supposed to take care of the kids or he's supposed to take the kids to whoever's supposed to take care of them, whoever's their guardian. And he is ab- like one of the dumbest guys that I have ever seen in a show. And... He, but he's like perfectly happy. He'll be like, "Oh no, you'll be fine in this absolutely terrifying place." Or, "Oh, this is like a scary man. No, you you're perfectly okay. You're gonna go away with these strangers. That's fine. Don't worry about it." And it's, every single time, I'd get more and more mad. But that was in season one. Season two, I'm just like, "I know you're stupid. I'm just gonna enjoy myself at this point. Just watch and have fun." Big fan of Poe, but oh. yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Poe is very much the uh, bumbling idiot. Yeah. What do you think of show? What, of the show? No, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of the book representation uh, from book to no- sorry book to Netflix, they did a great great job. Which actually harkens back to the last co- uh, the last podcast I was in the episode. We were talking about how if you want to adapt a novel, the best way to do it is via a long episode TV series of mm-hmm. a movie. Because yeah. comparing the Netflix to the movie version, the movie actually went out of order of the books because they actually did the finale of the, the climax of the movie was the ending of the first book. Yeah, it was weird. It was great, but it was weird. Mm-hmm. But no, the, the Netflix TV series does a really good job following the novel, so I would agree. I really appreciate that. It's also very high quality, yes. too. Like yeah. The, they're like 50-minute I, I asked you if I was watching a movie or if I was watching a TV show because the production value was on par with the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good. Like, oh, yeah. You can say that, see that it's a lot of CGI, but it's like very stunning CGI in a way. Yeah. Um, so so not to the point where I'm like, oh, that's real. It's more like, oh, that is very, very it's interesting. It's almost like an see. artistic choice in a way. It seems like yeah. you know it's not necessarily real, but then a lot of this thing, it, a lot of things in this show isn't real. It's it's very much like anime, which is very over-exaggerated. Yeah, or it's, it's almost like Harry yeah. Potter, where it's like, oh well, yeah, I know that the food doesn't come up from the bottom of the table, but like, I it's convincing enough in this context where just like, oh yeah. Well, have you seen a movie called The BFG? It's a, it's That's a Disney movie. Big Friendly Giant. Yeah, Big Friendly Giant. I've so seen it's, it, but it's, I know it's, exactly it's live about. action, um, but the girl is taken away by a, a giant, and he has like this. It's all CGI, basically, but it's um, high definition animation in a way so it's like it's cartoonish mm. but it's realistic at the same time that's basically that's how, how I, I saw it with Ready Player One yeah. yeah 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 well Ready Player One it was more like you know the live action um, CGI in a video game basically yeah, yeah, or yeah. not live action but like uh, high definition CGI so it looks like realistic characters like almost to the point of realistic, but not quite. So that you're like, oh, it's a real person. Right. No, I, I, I know what you, I know what you're going for. It's yeah. It's hard, it's difficult to explain. But no, I, um, th- while they do use CGI, they use it in a way that's very much purpose of over exaggerating it. Um, mm-hmm. But they still yeah. do very because I watched a behind the scenes thing uh, with an interview with NPH where. He was talking about one of his characters he cosplayed as uh, in the in the series uh, required him to. It took like an entire day for him to get into this makeup. That's yeah. how elaborate the the costumes he uses in the show are mm-hmm. for these characters. He goes to the whole nine yards. He does. Yeah, and um, he really like brings them to life too. Yes. So like the commitment to that is astounding. Any any actor who can just spend all day sitting in a chair while people poke you with paintbrushes, you know, mm-hmm. kudos to that. I can never do that. I think uh, 
in season two, he he basically dresses up as a character that's supposed to be a uh, a coach at a school. He dresses up as like a the best way to explain it is an Arabian is motivational coach. Cool. He's like. Are you ready to take your next step in the rest of your life? Yeah, and he was just, really. And he just like once he gets up there and he starts talking, I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is absolute perfection it's, and gold, and I love it. He was it. like a gym teacher if a gym teacher was an infomercial. Yeah, like, he was literally <laughs> like an infomercial. It was um, really, like a bad infomercial. And yeah. do you know what I said to that? And so season one. He did a very good job being the different characters. Season two, he absolutely nailed the characters that he was doing. He did like, he uh, he did um, he he did like this investigator sort of detective guy, but he was talking in a way that he was like at a club in a college, or, or you'd be like, you know, you know how at clubs they'll like, clap, uh, you know, snap their fingers oh, at someone like who's talking in like poetic. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. So poetry slams. Poetry slam. That's basically it was like a detective poetry slam. See, I was thinking clubs of like you know raving. And no. Yeah. Yeah. Do they snap their fingers at raves? They can. I guess so. <laughs> you can do whatever you want at a rave. <laughs> you know you're not wrong. At raves? Is that what the cool kids are doing these days? Well, Alex, <laughs> plotting through snapping of your fingers. Alex, we need to take you out more. Then, yes. Oh, poetry slams. I need to get out. Yeah, poetry slams. That drop though. And it's. <laughs> I'm just saying his characters are very interesting, okay? No, we get it. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree. I just, yeah. So would you say his his um his ability to get into these very dynamic and interesting characters is an improvement upon season one? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. It's I I know like while watching season one, I'm like, okay, he he has a wide range of stuff that he has to work with, and he has to you know have range basically in his acting abilities, and he does a great job with that in season one. I haven't seen it in about a year, but see, like I remember some of it. In season two, he absolutely steps it up in every single That's way. That's good news, because right. uh, the huge complaint I've heard about NPH in season one is that it's just simply Neil Patrick Harris acting like Neil Patrick Harris. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. If you, you ever see yeah, that. That's, uh, that's something that I did notice. He's too, definitely. That, like, as Count Olaf, he wasn't as like absolutely extravagant and a little bit crazy as uh, Jim Carrey was. Yeah, he was just him acting like himself. And that was a huge complaint to season one. But season two, uh, that you I haven't personally watched it yet, but I am planning on watching it. Mm -hmm. um, but season two, the fact that he's more diverse with his characters, that's good news. I think uh, yeah. he, he definitely starts I to think, own the character. I think it's fa say, fair to say that Count Olaf is essentially Neil Patrick Harris, but, but slightly a bit more exaggerated. Yeah. But only slightly, because NPH is amazing. Yeah. Because like, yeah. I'm a huge How I Met Your Mother fan, and like he plays Barney in How I Met Your Mother, mm -hmm. and I, I, really, I very much got the Barney tone from Count Olaf. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it did make me... <laughs> it feels sadistic, could, yeah. sadistic, like crazy person. Yeah. 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 I, could, I could also feel a little bit of that seeping through, and it made me made me happy. Mm -hmm. Which I'm personally fine with, but people have a complaint against that. It's like how like Michael Sarah can only play that one character. <laughs> but, in, or, but he's really good at it, so, you know, why not? Whatever. I was talking about him on the last... Whole can, whole can of worms there. Okay, I was yeah. talking about him on the last episode when I was talking about Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Shout-out to the last episode. Yeah. I do like... Act, like there's, there's some actors who, basically, they're only able to play one character... But you they're typecasted, yeah. Yeah, but you're no, but you're like 
you know what? I'm perfectly okay with this because I know what they're bringing to the table. I don't need range from this actor. I just want to see them doing their thing. Hey, if you're going to pay me millions of dollars to this one thing every time, I'll take it. I'd say I'll uh, do it. Kevin Hart is one of those people yeah, for Kevin, sure. Yeah, yeah. I really like this show, um, and it, it hurts my heart, and I know that it's not going to be happy, but it's... It's really good. I said, uh, but it keeps challenging me, so I have to keep I watching it. I highly <laughs> recommend this show. Yeah, it, it's absolutely. It's like really clean too. Like it's, it's super, stupid. super intriguing. I'm trying. To, it reminds me that same kind of feel as um. Oh man, um, feels like a lighter version of um. The Tim Burton movies. I yeah, guess. <laughs> no, you no, you're that you're you're right on there. It's it's not as dark as Tim Burton's style, but it's got that same sort of vibrance, I guess, with intrigue. Yeah. Where it's like, it's really bizarre and odd at points. We don't know what to expect, really. Right, but that's what keeps you watching, and it's not like you're on the edge of your seat. You're just really curious. And it's weird because when you get to the end of the episode, you're not just like, I've got to ne- watch the next episode. It's just like, I, I got to know what happens next. Like, I want to keep watching because I want to dive deeper into this world that this person is creating because there's that intrigue. So it's like a different kind of interest that's keeping you watching this show that's not the same kind of, like, hype that you might get or feels that you get from other shows. This is just pure intrigue for the characters in the world that it's bidding, building because it's completely different than just about everything else that's out there. Interesting. I'd say it's not just the story that's entertaining. It's a huge portion of it is it's visually entertaining. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, you said uh, you watched the Jim Carrey version of that. Uh, a while back. Yeah, do you remember any of it? I do remember a little bit of it. Um... The I just want to compare the two because uh, they are, in my opinion, I while the same source material, are vastly different. I think the the kids did a great job. I think the um, oh, was it? Arthur um, what's his name Arthur Poe in the movie he wasn't nearly as annoying as in this show. Granted, he had more time to be really really annoying in the show, um, but like the the kids were. I feel like the kids did really well in the movie, too. I know Jim Carrey did an absolutely fantastic job just because he's able to do so much. And he's like Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's uh, over the top. He's, he's able to give it 110% with whatever he does. Um, story, like looking at the show compared to the story, like, yeah, this, the, the, or the movie feels very condensed. Um, I feel like I didn't have as many emotions when watching the movie than when I was watching the show, just because it didn't have as much time to be fleshed out. Um, yeah, like I didn't really have a problem with the movie, though. Oh, I'm not saying there's a problem. I'm just saying, at least for me, uh, in comparing the two, uh, I find that the movie was had a much darker and more serious tonage than the uh, the Netflix special. Yeah, they do. They do tend to lighten up a lot of the stuff. I mean, there's. There is death in this, in the... In both. In, yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in it. Um, but it felt like it was much more sinister when it was in the movie. Yes. As opposed to in this one where it's sinister, but at the same time it's kind of comedic in certain ways, which is kind of dark, but at the same time it's like, you know, it's, it's a show. It's what, a show. what I like to joke about, especially with uh, my girlfriend when we watch it together, is that um, I'm not a huge fan of child actors. 
Um, yeah. But uh, that being said, in the movie, I was rooting for the kids because, you know, when I read the books, the kids are the protagonists. They yeah. are the heroes. They are who you're supposed to root for. And uh, Jim Carrey made a very good Count Olaf to hate. I, I love to hate Jim Carrey's Count Olaf. Yeah. Now, this might be my jadedness coming in as, a, as I'm growing up and my further dislike of children. But um, watching the Netflix um, of Unfortunate Events, I'm rooting for Count Olaf. I want him to get these kids. I'm like, oh, come on. You, you can do it, buddy. I, just, just try harder. I like the kids more in the season two because I, I, I feel sorry for them. Um, Sunny is one of my absolute favorites. The the The, the baby. baby the really. baby. Yeah. She's absolutely fantastic. And another thing that I want to say is that um, Count Olaf's... Uh, Troop, I guess his his posse of sorts. His troop, yeah. I barely remember anything about them in the movie. Oh yeah. In the show, they they're their, absolutely they're amazing. They're great. There's yeah. like a some sort of connection between the guy who has like hooks for hands and uh, Baby Sunny. <laughs> like he's able to speak Baby too, so he's actually having conversations with her back and forth. They're playing cards. They're drinking soda together. It's absolutely fantastic, and that's that's one of the things that's like just it. It's really intriguing to me and very entertaining. Yeah, and 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 that's just the beauty. Like again, shout out to the previous podcast where it's the beauty of the the novel adaptation in a mm-hmm. more episodic form. Yeah, yeah, which makes me more excited for the Lord of the Rings Amazon special. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm still worried about that. Yeah, but uh, as it's wrapping up, um, I guess going with theme. Like, what's your Favorite part, without going to make two spoilers of the uh, unfortunate events. Favorite series. part? I'll tell you right now, it's, um, it's actually the acting. I think across the board, the acting is super solid, and the cinematography is also really on par with it. I say the visuals and Count Olaf. I'm sorry, Count Olaf is just absolutely amazing. I, he's yeah. terrible, but he's just such an interesting villain. I agree with Alex here. I'm rooting for Count Olaf. I want this guy to get these kids. <laughs> I love Count Olaf. I am maybe as long I'm, as Sonny's not hurt. Yeah, as, don't I hurt mean, the baby. It might just because I'm a huge NPH fanboy. But yeah, I, I'm rooting for Count Olaf here. Yeah, for sure. I'm not rooting for him just because I don't root for bad guys really. But I do really, really like him. Oh my he's he's great. I mean, my buddy Mia. You get you gotta you gotta love him. Yeah, gotta love to hate him. Right, cool. Well. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Definitely check out that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend it. You recommend it. You recommend it. You haven't even seen it. You recommend yes, it. Yes, I have. I've, I've seen, seen some of it. Seen some. I've seen enough. Okay. <laughs> I've only seen season one, but yeah, I do recommend it. Yes. Yeah. It is on Netflix currently. Go watch it. Go binge it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we will see you next time. But until then, stay kind, geeks. Bye-bye. Bye. At FedEx, we're making reusable packaging our priority because Earth is our priority. Our goal is to be carbon neutral by 2040. We call it Priority Earth. FedEx, where now meets next. 
bump. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 